0: Legitimately restful. Uh, I know mine was. There were a few days that I, I truly think I did almost nothing, which is like not really my personality, but I'm gonna say I, it was awesome. Like it was really kind of glorious. And in one of those days, there's one of those days, and I think it was like, you know, those days between. We all know this, right? Christmas and New Year's, not real time, like the warp time zone where nothing really happens, it's, it's kind of hard to know what reality is. Anyway, anyway one of those days, uh, I was perusing Netflix, obviously, uh, and I came across a Taylor Swift's documentary, Miss Americana, and I don't think it's new. Like, I think I'm behind. I think there's like a whole nother documentary that is subsequent to this one. But anyway, I clicked on it because I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not like the biggest Taylor Swift fan. But before you get offended, I really genuinely, like, respect who she is. Like, I can I can totally get that she is kind of, like, the music industry, they said. So I learned a ton. I learned things like uh, she has been nominated for 46 Grammys. That's insane. She's broken, like, all these singer, songwriter, uh, records, like I don't even know what they are, but there were a ton, like people are impressed with her. She is crazy impressive at who she is, like what she's essentially become over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so of her career. And so in this documentary, I clicked on it, I started watching it, and I was immediately like fascinated with what she had to say. So again, nothing new for you guys, probably if you are T-Swift fans, but so much of what she had to say really struck a chord with me. And one line near the end especially caught my attention. So Taylor, she was talking about how over the years, she's essentially had to like reinvent herself again and again and again. She has been uh, forced, she would say, kind of like pressured into these different images and, and versions of herself, kind of depending on what the public wants to see from her. And I was thinking about it, I was like, man, yeah, actually, that's so true. Like, if you think about it, think, think of her evolution. First, when we first saw her, she was the sweet country singer. Look how young she looks. But then she was like this fun pop star for a while. And then she had this phase where she was like the edgy girl that was out for revenge. I think it was reputation. Now, she is a, an outspoken political activist. She, she, you name it, she has become it. Like, look at this change. Look at all of these different versions of herself. She's had to kind of rebrand over the years. It seems like every couple years, Taylor has a different persona. And so she was talking in the documentary. She was saying all, all of this pressure has been from the world around her. She feels like the world just has this expectation of who she's going to be. And she says this. It's fascinating to me. She says, I wish I didn't feel like there's a better version of me out there. I feel that way all the time. I wish I didn't feel like there's a better version of me out there, but I feel that way all the time. I don't know, do you guys feel, have you ever felt that? Like do you feel like there is a better version of you out there somewhere? Like really, you're just kinda on the hunt right now. You you are trying to figure out who you really are, the best self. And so all the time you're doing things, you're wishing that things could be just a little bit different. You could try a little bit harder in certain areas of your life. If your circumstances were just a tad different, then, then you would be the best you. I don't know, I'm in my 30s, and sometimes I still feel that. Like, like, really. Like, I'll look at myself, I'll look at who I am, and I'll be like, man, I, I got to get it together. Like, at this point in my life, shouldn't I be, like, a more, I don't know, successful person? A, a more driven person? Then I'm like, no, you know what? It, it, what I really want to be is I want to be the person that is just a really good friend. I should be a way better friend. Or maybe sometimes, this one's fun, sometimes I think I'm going to be the uber-healthy person. I'm going to be the person that, like, really cares about the food I eat and the way I work out and the sleep I get. And then I'm like, actually, no, that's never going to be me. It just won't. So I think, okay, all right, maybe I'm going to be the person that everybody knows is, like, the really smart one or the funny one or the empathetic person. I'm like, nah, actually, it's my social media. It, It needs a revamp. And if I could just, it needs help, by the way, don't, don't look. You probably will now, but it's, it's old. But it needs a revamp. And if I could just revamp it, then then I would be revamped, too. I would be changed. Or maybe I just need a cool hobby. Maybe I need to be the girl who travels a bunch. Maybe if I just bought all my clothes from, like, Madewell, then I could finally be this version of me that I want to be. I could be the best me if you, if you think about it, what is your idea of, of your best self? Like, if you could create your own identity, if you could create it to be exactly what you wanted it to be, what would it look like? What would that look like? I don't know, it's hard to answer that because there are like endless options of how we can define ourselves, how we can create identities for ourselves was on my computer a couple days ago, I was like making a little list, thought I would share it with you guys. No, just had to quit. There are, there are too many ways that we can create an identity for ourselves. There are countless ways that we can do that. But I, I do think that there are a few common ways. A few common ways that we can create a, an identity. And I say that because there are things that I've seen over and over and over again, both when I was in college, but then also, as, as I've worked in college ministry over the years, there are ways, commonalities, in the ways that we try to define ourselves. So here are a few that I've seen a lot. Okay? First, I, I think that we have the tendency, we craft our identity around our relationships. So I, for instance, I had a friend in college who, honestly, just everybody adored her loved her. She was the kind of person that like everybody was drawn to. So she was a super loyal friend to everyone. She had like 20 girls that she, she mentored in her small group. I had no idea how she had time for it. But she was intentionally caring for all these girls. She was the kind of girl who, who would go home on the weekends just to spend time with her family, take care of her younger siblings. She got to know all of her professors. I mean, she was the ideal girlfriend. She did it all. All the relationships that she had, it was just her thing. She was just really good at them, and everybody adored her. Maybe that's you. Like, maybe you're like my friend, right? And you kind of craft your identity around the people that are important to you. So who, who most in your life, who most defines your identity. Maybe it's the the people that you're frequently around, like it's your friend group. Is that how you kind of see yourself? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's your sorority or your fraternity. And and internally, you kind of think of yourself in those terms, like you think of yourself in terms of those letters. Or maybe it's that you're so-and-so's girlfriend. You're so-and-so's boyfriend. I don't know, I think it's easy for us. I think we do it more than we realize. I think it's easy for us to to create an identity, craft our identity based on the people that we're around, our relationships, the ones that we have in our life. Maybe that's it, but maybe I think it's also common that we hone our identity through success. So I had this other friend, and he was, I mean, I think superhuman was probably a good word for it, like I don't know how he did what he did in our four years because he he just did everything. Like truly. He was wildly intelligent, which means his major was so hard. I don't even know how to describe it. Like I I always asked and I was like, "Cool, I don't know what that means." But he was very intelligent. He did everything well. Like everything that he tried, he was just that annoying person that he never really failed. Okay? So, he would get all the internships. He he got he won all of the awards. He was in all of the secret societies. Like, he just did everything. If you looked at his schedule, he was, like, full, hour by hour, full to the brim. He never stopped moving. He touched down, and then he was gone. He did everything, and honestly, he did it all really well. So is that what you're after? Are you the kind of person that is constantly moving, constantly striving, constantly doing... To make sure that you are the person that people know is identified by their accomplishments, their success, the things that they do. Is that is that you? Is that who you are? Maybe you do that. But maybe third, you are someone who ends up projecting your identity through the outward image that you give. There was a girl uh, a couple of years ago in Veritas. And she was pretty flawless. That's what it looked like anyway, right? She was pretty flawless in every way. First, she was gorgeous. That doesn't hurt. She was very fit, worked out a lot. So she was like super strong. She was very athletic. I don't know how, but she, I don't know how it happens. She was good at every sport, all of them. Who knows? It's not me. She, she was able to create a, a social media presence that, that was just honestly like aesthetic. It was beautiful. It was art. She would post about doing these really cool things with these really cool people in cool places. It was all just really, really cool. She was always down for everything. She seemed happy, like her image, it was perfection. I think that identity, that last one that I just described, I think that's actually super, super common, maybe more so than the others right now because of how much of our life is on social media. Like, if you think about it, we are creating an identity that is actually visible to other people. So the things that our our appearance, our image, that is how people see us. And so it is naturally defining who people think that we are. So our platform, the things that we are putting on there that are seeable, visible, things like our physical appearance, our body image, or things like our ethnicity, our our sexual orientation, the the life experiences that we put out there, all of that is being projected and then visibly creating an identity. So all these things, right? One, two, three. We can craft, we can hone, we can project. We're constantly creating an identity. But the thing is, the thing is those three people that I just told you about, their identities, the ones that they created, They just didn't last. Those identities, they couldn't keep up. Within, I would say, a a couple years of college, their relationships failed. They ended. They were burnt out from doing everything. The image that they had created, it just, it faded. I think, I think when we create identities in, in the things around us, they can't last. They're not going to last. In the Bible, uh, in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament, there's a book called Ecclesiastes. And it is uh, sort of a, I'd say you could describe it as a diary, maybe, of a king. Uh, It's potentially the ancient King Solomon. We're not quite sure, but it could be. But regardless, it's about a king who's uh, describing his search for identity, his search for purpose. And so he's writing about all of these different attempts that he makes to to create his best self. And so he's going through all of these different things, but every time he puts his identity in something, what he realizes is that it just doesn't work. So first, he he puts his identity in being literally the wisest ruler ever. Like literally. It It was a gift that God had given him. And you would think, okay, that'll do it, right? That'll set you apart. That works. But as it turns out, he found that that was, as he called it, meaningless. So then, so then he goes to uh, pursuing pleasure. Like he was going for amazing life experiences. But then that too, it was, it was meaningless. And then he goes on, he takes on all these building projects, right? So accomplishments, right? His success. That didn't work either. He amasses wealth. He, he collects women, essentially, talented people in his life. All of these different things, he's trying to, Find what it is that is going to set him apart, make him his best self. So, in the end, did it work? Well, let's read. In chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes, verse 11, he says this. Reflecting back, he says, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. See the problem, the problem with creating identities for ourselves is that they're just not going to be enough. They're meaningless. It's not going to be enough. Have you noticed that? Like, have you seen that in your life? I, I hate to tell you this, but we are never. There's always going to be a better version of you out there. Always. You're never going to be able to create the perfect identity, and if we try. Sooner or later, we're going to end up exhausted and ultimately just really disappointed. We, we cannot create our best self. It's not actually possible. So at the end of the day, our best self, maybe that sounds great, okay? But you know what sounds even better than that? Even better than our best self? You know what sounds really, really good is just ourself. Right? Just being our It's what we want. The freedom to just be you, the real you. Wouldn't that be so nice? That's what I kind of want, just to like lay it all out and just be me. That sounds awesome. There's a, there's a Broadway musical. It's now a movie, I think, uh, called Dear Evan Hansen. And it is about a, a socially anxious high schooler who's uh, his therapist. He, he encourages him to write a letter to himself every day, each morning. And so what we see in the movie, the opening scene, is that Evan is, is sitting on his bed and he's got his computer open. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Uh, but here's the first letter that Evan writes to himself. Here's what it says. Dear Evan Hansen, today is going to be an amazing day. And here's why. Because today, all you have to do is just be yourself. But also confident. That's important. And also interesting. Interesting easy to talk to, uh, approachable. But mostly, be yourself, that, that's the big, that's number one, be yourself, be true to yourself. We see this like struggle that he's in, right? Evan is struggling with the temptation to try to be his best self, he, he wants to be what he thinks other people want him to be. But all he really has to do, like he says, is just be yourself, all he has to do is be himself. So let's, let's forget about best self, right? Let's just be our self. Let's just be our real self, who, who we really are. How great would that be if we could just, again, stop pretending. We could stop crafting. We could stop honing. Stop trying to project who we think we should be and just be us. If you could just be you, who would that be? Who is that? let's, let's take that question for a second, because I think it's worth considering. If someone asked you, someone asked you, who are you? What would your answer be? How would you answer that question? Like better yet, ask yourself, who am I? That simple. Who am I? So think about that. What words come to mind? How would you describe yourself? What would you say if someone asked you, who am I? Some of you, you're thinking, right? And you, you have some words that are coming to mind. You have ways that you would describe yourself. But others of you are, are sitting there and you're kind of low-level anxious. You're like kind of panicking just a little bit. And it might be because you don't actually know how to answer that question. I don't say that to put you on blast. Like truly, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, who am I? I have no idea. I don't, I don't really know then I think you should know you are not the only one in this room thinking that. I guarantee that there are people in here just like you that, that don't really know how to answer that question. College itself, like, this, it's known as a time to kind of discover who you are. Like, everybody in here, to some degree, is trying to uncover that question, answer that question, who am I, really? Who's the real me? What's it mean to just be me? We have those questions and a lot of times we don't know the answer. We don't know quite how to answer that question. We don't know who we are. We have what you could call an identity crisis. This semester at Veritas, we're just starting with a short series that we're calling Identity Crisis. And we are just going to be walking through our our serious identity crisis. We're going to be walking through some fears and some doubts that maybe, deep down, we're not really sure who we are. Like, we want to answer that question, who am I? But we don't know how. We we would really love to know the real us, but but we really don't know what that is. Like, we want to find our true identity, we just have no idea where to look. We don't really know who to turn to for advice on that. I think when we don't know, when we're not sure who to turn to, where to look, I think we, again, we kind of default to the people around us, the people immediately in our life. So I think a lot of us look to our family, our parents, our siblings. We look to friends, maybe like professors or, or mentors, I don't know, important people in your life, we, we end up looking to them to answer the question, who am I? We, we want to know what they think about who we are. We, we want to know what they say about us or to us to, to define us. Maybe, maybe that doesn't really resonate with you. Maybe you're like, I don't really know. I don't think I do that. Maybe not. But here, let's answer a couple questions just to get us thinking. Answer these quickly in your head or maybe write them down for later just to kind of sit on these this week. First, how would others describe you? Like, what would you say other people say about you? Or maybe whose opinion of you matters the most? What would happen if you lost their approval? Whose opinion do you crave? And what would it mean if you didn't have that anymore? Here's another one. Uh, Think of one encouraging thing and then one discouraging thing that you know that people have said about you in the past. A good thing and a not so good thing. How have those kind of shaped who you think you are? How have those shaped your view of yourself, changed how you see yourself? I I think that we are all defaulting in some ways to the voices around us. We're listening to the voices of people around us telling us who we are, and that's normal. I get it. But increasingly, I think we're also listening to the voices in the world of social media. I do. Like, here's the list of the top 10 influencers in the world based on their collective followings of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, okay? And each of these people have, like, somewhere between... 800 and 400 million followers. Okay, and if you look at that list, I want us to realize, if you look at that list, I don't know if you follow them, I don't know if you like what they're about, doesn't really matter, but these are the people that are defining how we think about ourselves. For real, they are. Or maybe if it's not exactly them, it's, it's similar celebrities, similar influencers, because these are the people right here That are teaching us how to think about things like what beauty looks like or what what is trendy right now what we should spend our money on who we should admire what the good life looks like what relationships should look like i i don't know i'm not saying that, that we're all sheeple, right? Like we have a mind of our own. We're not just following these people. I get that. But, but I think that the people that we're following, the people that we're watching on social media day in, day out, I think slowly but surely, they are telling us how to think about who we are. I think so. So experiment this week. Like just take one of these people or one of your influencers that you follow and see what they post this week. And ask, what is that message What are they saying, and what is it teaching me about who I am? What's it say about who I should be? Try it. See what happens. There's a lot of voices out there. Friends, family, people immediately around us, but also on social media. There are a lot of voices telling us who to be, and honestly, it gets kind of loud. It gets really overwhelming sometimes. But I think even louder than that, all those voices combined, I think the loudest voice sometimes that can be talking to us is the one in the back of our head. That voice that's whispering to us things like self-doubt, insecurity, self-loathing. Have you heard that voice? Like, Do you know what that voice sounds like? For me, when I was in college, I don't know why, but that voice always got loudest over winter break, always. I mean, I don't know if it was like I was out of my routine. I'm not sure if it was that I was back in my parents' house. I'm not really sure. But every single break, that voice would start to speak up and say, hey, you're an imposter. See, I I had recently become a Christian in college. And so when I was at Mizzou, when I was here in Columbia, I, I felt like, I was learning to love Jesus. I was learning to love other people. I was, I was trying to put down my pride. I was trying to care. I was trying to obey the law in, in God's word. I was trying to do all of those things. And I felt like I was actually growing in my faith. But then I would go home, right? And suddenly I would just like revert back to my high school self. It was wild. I was a brat to my parents and my brother. I just watched TV all day because that's what I wanted to do. I'd stop reading my Bible. And then that voice would start talking. And it would say, hey, you are a fake, okay? Th- this following Jesus thing, it's not real. That's not the real you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? So I'm, I'm curious, was that voice, was your voice in the back of your head, was it talking over a break? I don't know, maybe it said you were an imposter. But also, who knows, maybe it was talking to you about the shame, the things that you're hiding, they it was saying, that's what defines you. That's who you are. Or maybe it was talking about the mistakes that you've made, the ways that you've messed up, and it's saying, ah, those define you. You can't get out of that. That's you. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe it was talking about your mental health, your disability, your illnesses, and saying that's all you're ever going to be. Or maybe, maybe it was shouting at you that the real you is all alone. Nobody really cares. The real you doesn't belong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're coming back from break feeling. But if all those voices, the ones out there, the ones in here, if all of them are making it really hard for you to figure out who you are, then I'll say it. I think that you should be here for the next couple weeks on Tuesday nights. I think this is where you should be. Because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to unpack all of those voices. We're going to go through the doubts and the fears. We're going to talk about the messages that those voices are sending. And then we're going to compare them to the one voice that is really, really different. There's one voice that we have not talked about yet tonight. And that's the voice of God. That's God's voice. See, from the beginning of time, all of time, from the beginning of time, God has been speaking actively. So we see on the first pages of the Bible, we see that his voice, what he spoke, that is what pulled everything into existence. His voice is the one that that brought people to life, the first people. It was his voice that brought them into being. And when he talks about those people, this this is how he talks about them, the people that he was creating. This is what he says. First book of the Bible, Genesis 1. Then God said... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So from the beginning of time, from the beginning of it all, God declared that all people were made in his image. What's that mean? Like, What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Well, it means that we are made, created to be like Like we are created to show, display his qualities, his character traits. It means that like him, just by being ourselves, we have dignity and value just by being us. We have all of that. that. That is who we are. That's the real us right there. That's amazing. That is incredible. See, I think there will always be voices that are going to tell us to be our best self. Go be your best self. But God's voice, it says, just be yourself, made in his image. Voices are going to tell us to go create an identity. But God says, no, 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 I've already given you one. And voices will always be telling us who we should become. But God's voice, it tells us who we already are. It's all there. We're going to dig more, I promise, in the next couple weeks into these voices, into this idea of our identity crisis. So stick around. But just this week, like as you are going about your week, spend some time in looking at what God says about who you are. So look look up these verses. And you can just sit in them. Let them sink in. Spend a couple minutes each day looking at who God says we are. Because he says we are loved like beyond measure, more than we can imagine. We are forgiven. We're forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. We are forgiven from sin. We're chosen. Before everything began, he chose us. We are free. We are free to be ourselves. We are free in Christ. We are adopted as sons and daughters, which means that we have all the promises that Christ does. We are known beyond what we could even like ever imagine. God knows us in a way that we don't even know ourselves. Let this sink in. See, Kyle, he was up here a little bit ago, right? And he said, write down a prayer, ways we can be praying for you. Maybe this is it. I don't know. Maybe this is what we can be praying for you this semester, that you would know that this is who God has made you. That you could cast aside the doubts and the fears of not really knowing where your identity comes from. And instead, you could just believe in what God says about who you are. We believe that about you. We believe that we are all made in his image. So we would love to be praying for you in that. As the music team comes back up, I want to share one quick story. So you guys shouted about being with us at Passion. It was really fun. We loved it. I genuinely think that God was just doing awesome stuff the whole time. But I want to show you a picture of my favorite moment from Passion. This is Millie Wilson. Some of you guys know her. She is here tonight. We can clap for her. Yeah. Also, she knows I'm doing this. So all good. This is not a surprise to her. But this is Millie Wilson saying yes to Jesus about halfway through the conference. Really cool. Really cool. Really amazing. And when I asked, I asked Millie uh, a little bit ago, I said, hey, what do you feel like God did through you on this trip? And here's what Millie said. I love it. Before Passion, I really, I didn't really have an identity in God. For the past year, I struggled with my faith. I was the lukewarm type of Christian that only ran to God in times of need. But quite honestly, I didn't really have a committed relationship with God. I was afraid to let God see my flaws and weaknesses. The truth, though, is that God already knows everything about me. God created me and made me who I am, so there isn't any reason to hide or be ashamed. He knows that we will never be perfect, which is why he wants us to come to him. God is the only one who can heal, fix, forgive, and most importantly, give us our identity. Our identity comes from God and having the presence of God within us is how we unlock our identity. I just wanna pray. I wanna pray for a second that we would believe that, that we would believe that this is our identity. So will you guys pray with me? Jesus, there are so many voices around us, so many thoughts in our head of who we are, who we should be. There are so many ways that we strive to create an identity for ourselves. Jesus, I would just pray that tonight in this room, we could start to let go of those things. We could start to actually put our our trust in the fact that you have given us an identity that is lasting, that is secure. That what you have done on the cross for us takes away the sin, the shame, all of the doubts and fears that we have about the real us. Pray that you would make us more and more confident in that identity and that we would love you, that we would live out of that identity here as a community here in Veritas. Jesus, we love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.